What a beautiful testimony. Thank you for blessing us, musicians and choir. As we are blessed, it leads us right into the blessing of today's gospel reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. I'll begin reading in the ninth verse. I invite you to stand for the reading. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I have commanded you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. This is indeed All Saints Sunday, and we are indeed surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have cheered us on in the faith and in life. And as we get to verse 9 now in the Gospel of John chapter 15, we, we have concluded the imagery of the true vine as it's described. And now we move into how to live in it. How to live in this life. And when we consider this life, we remember that it isn't easy. In fact, the one thing that, whether you're on the left or the right, that we can seem to agree on is 2020 and 2021 have been hard. And so the picture that we have of life needs to be dealt with in its reality. I mean, for example, when you, when you picture life, it's not quite like the pictures we post on social media, right? Because those are edited. And hardly ever do we show pictures of our kids throwing a fit. It's always when they're dressed nice and looking good, right? Those pictures only tell part of the story. Or as if we were to think that relationships were like kind of like a romantic comedy. I was thinking about that old movie, Jason, or Jason, I knew I was going to mess this name up because it's so ironic. Jerry Maguire. In that movie, you remember that famous line? I mean, for years afterwards, I'd hear people say, I got to have this in my wedding. You complete me. In fact, what's so ironic about that phrase is it's, it's not 
really sacrificial love at all. It's, it's all about me. And so neither the, does a romantic comedy tell the story of what love should look like, and neither do those posts that we post on social media tell a complete story. In fact, if we're honest, and it's true for me in my life, we often confuse the fleetingness of happiness with the deep, profound gift of joy that we hear in the scripture today. I know I do. I, I think and get confused all the time and I have to re- be reminded by abiding in the word and abiding in Christ that it's not about my circumstance or difficulty on that particular day or year but that something needs to intervene and someone has intervened to bring joy. Something bigger, someone bigger than the trials of this world. This week I've been in conversation with and in prayer with several families who are attacked by and engulfed by hardship and trial. Some of which that's hurting their family. Some of which that's breaking their hearts and bringing about profound grief. So how can then in the midst of that reality, that picture of life, can we say with God's word in Romans, as we heard read today, that we can rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. I mean, rejoice in tribulation? How do we do that? How can that be so? Well, listen to the rest of that verse from Hebrews that I shared with you today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and remember that today on All Saints Sunday, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you catch that? This great cloud of witnesses is encouraging us to cling to Jesus, to abide in Christ, the word made flesh, the true vine. And this Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Somehow the joy that is set before him is connected with, strangely to our minds, the suffering of the cross. How can this be? Well, we will discover as we listen to this word today that it invites us to consider as we live out a life attached to the vine, attached and abiding in Christ, it includes and begins with love and includes sacrifice friendship and joy 
And these gifts go way beyond the platitudes or a simple post about our lives. When we cling to Jesus, whose joy set before him endured the cross. I like how one scholar put it. It really hit me when I read it this week. It's a mystery and a challenge to our earthbound way of thinking that the nearer Jesus came to the cross, the more joy became part of his vocabulary. Let me say that again. The nearer Jesus came to the cross, the more joy became part of his vocabulary. This is why we can't confuse happiness and the profound gift of joy because it wasn't happy on the cross. We aren't happy in trials and tribulations, but we can still, despite circumstance, have deep, abiding, profound joy. G.K. Chesterton called joy the gigantic secret of a Christian life. It's not so much a secret. Jesus shared about it all the time. And so it begins with love. As we come there into verse 9. Love that began with the Father who loved the Son. The Son who loved the world. And then we, his branches, love because he loved us first. The model, as one author put it, of the Christian Life and the Christian love is found in Christ. We have loved, so he'll go on to write, out of not ourselves or our own strength or our own ability to complete someone else, but out of one historic act of love. And from that moment in history where Jesus died and then rose again, out of that actual moment in history emerges from that a continuous love that we receive and still share today. And so from that love, Jesus calls us his friends. It's not like a a reciprocity agreement It's because he has loved us that he calls us friends. He fulfills and brings the gift of love through his work. And he calls us friends because he tells us what our calling is. And that calling isn't easy. Because he gives us a definition for friendship that he models for us. Someone who lays down their life for their friends. If you want to experience love in human relationship, then it's about sacrifice. Sacrifice. You lay your life down for someone else. That's what love is. And we know that because Jesus laid down his life for us. And this leads to, and this is why folks will sometimes say, I have a relationship with Christ, not a religion. 
What they're really trying to say is, is it's not about my actions, the things that I do. It's about what Jesus has done. And out of that historic act of love comes a relationship attached to the vine. It's not that we don't have actions to, to do. It's that they all flow from his act of love. And it looks like sacrifice. And that's what it looks like among us. True love labors. True love labors. I was reading about some of the great reformers of the church, like Luther, who worked so hard and went to bed one time, he literally fell into bed. Or more recently, in the last century, the great preacher Moody, an evangelist, he had a bedtime prayer after his... uh, day of work, of laboring for love for those he loved with his daily calling. Maybe you can relate to his prayer. When he went to bed at night, he would pray, Lord, I'm tired. Amen. When we labor for love, it's sacrificial and sometimes it's exhausting. Thanks be to God that the Spirit intercedes for us with the cries of our hearts that words cannot express. And so that short little prayer, Lord, I'm tired, amen, is packed with meaning. We labor in love through a calling as parents or grandparents or as friends or as family members or as spouse. The incarnation, as another author put it, of God's presence moves from Jesus and his historic act of love that continues to give us his grace as we'll come to this table and remember that today. His presence moves from Jesus of Nazareth to the community of faith right here. And we're surrounded and cheered on by all the saints of God. And so because of that, we don't labor in drudgery. We have joy, not because of circumstance, not because it's easy, not because we're successful, but because the sacrifice of Christ leads us to love, friendship, sacrifice, and joy. So when the arrows are coming at you, when you feel like you're being tested under pressure, when life is hard, when it seems impossible, here's where we stand. We abide in Christ, made complete, not not by each other first, but first by abiding in his word, by Christ. And then, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we cheer each other on. Reminding one another of this historic love of the one who died and rose again. May this day, may we taste and see and remember. May we abide in his word and see that this one true God brings us joy. May we taste and see that indeed the Lord is good. Amen.